Uh, welcome back, listeners. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I just said y'all. I've I never know. said y'all in my life. Welcome and back I just to said y'all. <laughs> Not your mom's period. Hey, guys. This is Naomi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and this is Priscilla. And, and I'm Priscilla. Uh, today with us, we have a very, very special lady. We're Aww. so excited to interview. And I'll let you introduce yourself. But I just wanted to say um, I met her because mm-hmm. I went to a Project Access Roundtable and she was on the panel of students talking and um i was so moved by her story and just how strong and intelligent and wonderful she is so i was like who is this person i need to talk to her now (laughs) and you're sitting right next to me so it was so crazy yeah so it's so good so why don't you introduce yourself give us your name and then a little bit about you and then we'll, we'll take it from there it's so weird, I've never done this. Okay. <laughs> so, my name's Sable. Um, I just graduated Fresno High. I'm going to Fresno State in the fall. Congratulations. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> it's a long process. I'm there on scholarship, but it's all good. Um, I've been in foster care officially for four years, but I haven't lived with my biological parents since I was like six or seven. Okay. And it was just kind of off the records where I was at consistently, like with different mm-hmm. friends of the family, different people. Oh, hey, I kind of know you. Can you watch my kids? I'll be back. Comes back a few mm-hmm. years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so kind of thing. So it was definitely an interesting experience. So it's all been like felt like foster care. Just unfortunately, there was never that, hey, I'm going to have this person come check up on you once a month. You didn't have that, like the accountability. No, almost. I didn't, which was pretty crazy. Like, to think about when I, like, review it, how it was just, like, anything could have happened. But yeah. I'm here. But you are here. I yeah. I'm so happy about that. Uh, what are you majoring at, Preston State? Majoring? I'm majoring in nutrition. I'm going to become a personal chef and dietitian. My goal is to teach um, low-income families how to properly and nutritiously plan a meal on a budget. So that way, it's I feel like it's important for them to know how to do this and purchase groceries and how if you do it all in the beginning of the month, most of your produce will be you know mm-hmm. done so meal planning is really important it's really important to take care of yourself and your family too and the reason I got into that was because I found that like love comes in so many different ways so when you have to sit down and prepare a meal for someone it takes a lot of gratitude so if I could show people how to show that to their family it could create better relationships and you know happy people is with that person so. that's so true yeah <laughs> as a mom I guess mm-hmm. and someone that has a home um, I hate cooking, um, <laughs> but I want to like obviously show my kids and my husband that I love them. Mm-hmm. And um, cooking is not you're an amazing, not my love language. <laughs> you're an amazing baker, though. So well, no, like, but that's re- that's really really cool. I think it's so important that not not to interrupt you, but okay. we understand our food. We understand where our food mm-hmm. comes from, especially here in the Central Valley, the oh, breadbasket yeah. of the. the world or the nation I say world I mean all like 80% of our food comes from here Um, and it's crazy to think that the food insecure is so big here in the Central Valley with all the food that we produce Um, and how most people that are food insecure also have like dietary needs that aren't being met like people can still be overweight and still not nourished it's ridiculous that we have such a gross Mm -hmm. like it just keeps increasing so Mm -hmm. I want to find a way to help monitor that's so exciting. That that's is very really cool. cool. I'm just like so inspired. <laughs> <Yeah. by> <laughs> uh, well, congratulations on graduating from high school and starting yes. Fresno State. I started Fresno State in the fall of 2005, so it was a really long time ago. I started Fresno State the fall of 2003. What? 
Uh-huh. Oh, I went to Fresno State for a semester. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know it was oh. the fall of 2003. Oh, yeah. crazy. Old school. OG. <laughs> OG. <laughs> so one of the, the one question we ask mm-hmm. uh, at our podcast is how we ask you to share your first period story. And we know that if you are, you know, if you've had a period, you have a first period story, mm-hmm. whether it's great and wonderful or... Or even whether you hell if you don't <laughs> even remember it. Oh, that's, that's true. Yeah, you just like blocked it out of your mind. You're like, I'm not gonna. Never want to think about it again. Never yeah. think about this again. Yeah. So, do you want to tell us a little about your first period? Yeah. Should I do some like kind of background on it? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. You can awesome. talk about anything okay. you want. Okay. So, as when I was growing up, I grew up in this little house with some friends of the family, and it was mostly men. The only person who was really there was my. Nana, and she was very old school, very women should have tattoos, you shouldn't wear clothes that mm-hmm. show your shoulders, God forbid you show your naglas, <laughs> um, all kinds of things. Did you guys stick the chair? Yeah, I did. We, We're working with new furniture here that I just spray painted, so we might be sticking to things. You might hear a lot of sticky sounds. <laughs> but it's good sticky sounds, and yeah. it looks good, and that's really what matters. That's yeah. very true. It's very, very true. And so, like, growing up, I was always taught, like, you know, especially being little and not having my mother in my life, everyone was like, you only get so much time being a kid. And once that expiration date hits, it was this thing where like, people aren't going to love you the same anymore. You're not allowed to act up anymore because no one's going to want to deal with it because, you know, you're not a cute little girl anymore. You're a woman. You got put under oh this glass gosh. ceiling mm-hmm. and you have to learn how to act a certain way and accountable for yourself. You can't be a tomboy. You can't have male friends. People are going to think bad about you mm-hmm. if you act up. You know, these kinds of things, like, you're expected to be a certain way. And for me, that was really frustrating because, like, I was so, like, insecure about myself and who I was. And this, like, gripping fear of I've already had both my parents leave me. If I mess up, like, these people are going to leave me too. Mm -hmm. And, like, what am I supposed to do now? And so I never knew, like, okay, when is this expiration date? When am I too old to be loved anymore? And, like, even, like, my dad, when I would visit him, like, there'd be a little girl on TV, he goes, like, oh, I remember when you used to be cute and innocent, now you're just a brat. And, like, for him, he was joking, but for me, it, like, hurt so bad, and I was like, okay, when am I going to be too old? Mm -hmm. And so, one day, my best friend of eight years, still going strong, I went over to his house to go swimming in the summer, and I think I was like 12 or 13. Oh, he's a pool. No. <laughs> and so, I'm swimming, it's great, everything's great, we're doing cannonballs, um, we're wrestling, his little brother gets tossed, and he looks at me and goes, there's blood! I was like, there's blood? He goes, are you hurt? What's going on? I was like, I don't know! <laughs> it's just my soul crying. And, and so, I get up and I run outside, I'm like, give me your towel. What? Give me your towel! Okay! And he's all like, did I hurt you? Are you okay? Don't talk to me! Okay! <laughs> and I run inside, and his grandma comes up, she's like, what's wrong? I was like, I don't know! <laughs> Did, so you had no idea what periods were? I knew what were? I was doing. Uh, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I was having a, my period. But, like, I thought, I didn't know what I thought. Like, I didn't yeah, think it'd be, right. like, so much. Nobody tells you, like, if it's going to be a lot or once or if it's going to be yeah. a dribble. Oh, or... yeah. And so it's, like, I was, like, do you have any tampons? Do you have any pads? And she goes, oh, no, because her daughter had just gotten pregnant, so she didn't have any more. So she goes, let me go buy some. So she went, she bought some, she brought some. Sweet angel baby. I know, so (laughs) happy about that. And so I wrapped myself up. She gave me me her grandson's gym shorts. I put them on. Everything was good in life. 
So uh, I sat down and I was playing video games and he came in. He goes, can I talk to you now? And I was like, yeah. He goes, what happened? I was like, I'll tell you when you're older. (laughs) I don't know what to say to him. Like, I didn't know if it was going to ruin our friendship or what happened. And like, Mm -hmm. like eventually, like, he kind of just like coaxed it out of me. He goes, so you, you had a period? I was like, yeah. He goes, just one. Yeah, I just have one. Just one for now. And he's like, okay you want to play minecraft i was like yeah so he was pretty chill about it actually like, that's amazing we'll bring it up now and he'll laugh and like mm-hmm. i'll remind him how like first time i went to his house he was in his underwear because his mom didn't know that he wasn't dressed yet so like we'll just bring that stuff up where he tried to do the slam dunk and everything fell <laughs> so so, <it's> not <laughs> so we'll just trade stories but it was that part was okay but mm-hmm. it was going home that was hard because when i went home i was like who am i gonna tell my yeah. uncle, my nana, my other uncle, like, who who am I supposed to tell? And I was like, is this that expiration date people are talking about? Does this mean, like, mm-hmm. I'm not a little girl anymore no one's going to care about me? Does this mean my parents are going to come back? Mm-hmm. Because even my mom would say, oh, I wish you were a baby. I wish you were a baby. Because everybody wants, like, a little kid. Nobody wants the problems and all the trauma that goes with kids being older. So right. it was this thing where it's like, okay, I've hit this expiration date. How do I hide it from everyone? Mm-hmm. And so it was this thing of like struggling. And like, I remember an old foster daughter, like the way she would take care of herself and her parents just disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I like was very cleanly. Like I was so scared of being like dirty or anything. So I constantly just be taking a shower. You didn't want to be found out. I didn't want to be found out. I didn't want to leave anything in the trash can. I'd be going out to the dumpster. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to tell anybody I need new underwear. So I'd like scrape up money, go buy some, do what I can, like on my way from school. Like just trying so hard to hide it because I didn't want to be a grown up yet. Yeah. And I wasn't ready. And then finally I told someone and I, um, it was like a friend of my Nana and they told my Nana and my Nana, I begged her, I begged her so bad, don't tell my uncle, don't tell my uncle, don't tell my uncle. And she goes, he's going to know. And I'm like, why does he have to know? He goes, he's a boy, they just know. And I'm like. Man, you biz. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so like no one ever brought it up again. But I remember it was weird because for her, she was like, you're not allowed to use tampons. You have to use certain kinds of pads. You have to use this, you have to use that. Did she, did she give you a reason why? No. Okay. I think it has something to do with virginity or something. We, we've heard it yeah. multiple times. Something yeah. like that. But for me, I was like, I didn't care about virginity. When <laughs> yeah. I, even when I was little, I was like, people are going to do what they're going to do, Nana. Like, mm-hmm. and I told her that. And I was like, why would you, like, why do you get mad at these people? They're not doing anything. Right. Kind of thing. Even ever since I was little. So, and that was frustrating too, because it was painful. Like, it was so painful. And I didn't know how to, like, deal with it. It's not like I had cramps. It's like the ovulation and, like, the mm-hmm. pain and the soreness. And it's like, I just don't know how to handle myself. It was frustrating. And I think it was even frustrating for her because if something happened or I got hurt, I wouldn't want to undress. I didn't want to show anybody. I was Mm -hmm. getting hips. My breasts are coming in. I was so uncomfortable with everything. I was like, nobody touch me. Nobody look at me. Like, I'd go shopping with my uncle. Don't you want to get something more tight? No, I don't want to get anything tight fitting. Mm -hmm. I want a boy shirt. Give me a boy shirt. I want boy pants. I want gym shorts. I don't want any of that. And I think the other thing was, was like, they made me feel so bad about having this womanish body that was coming. And it's like, whenever I did want to wear something nice or pretty, Mm -hmm. they're like, they give me shit for it. Like, oh, you're Mm -hmm. trying to be a hoochie mama. You look like you're going out in the streets. This and that. But I'm still really little. I feel like when you're 12, like people don't understand how little that is. And like, even hearing that when I was six or seven, like you're not allowed Mm -hmm. to act a certain way. You can't sit on your relative's laps because they're male. And I was always so confused. Like, how am I supposed to act? Mm -hmm when I'm being a woman, when I'm being this person. 
And even when I went to go visit my dad for the first time, I had realized, like, oh, my God, I'm getting breasts. So I would, like, take an ace bandage and bandage it all up. I'd hide it, wear a big shirt. I didn't want him to know that I was growing up because I wanted him to love me like he loved his new daughters because they were little. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my Stop God. this right now. <laughs> so I, it, was, it was hard. It was, like, a long journey of, like, that. And what I've learned about myself is I'm the kind of person where I learn by teaching. Mm-hmm. So if I give someone else advice, it really reflects on me where I'm like, well, I should take that too. So, Mm -hmm. and then I like a very nurturing heart. Like I really soft spot for people. So especially people that like are really innocent or something. So during middle school, like I'd have all these like kids that are younger than me and even high school and they don't really understand what's going on. I'm like, and like, I really took it upon myself to do as much research as I could and understand what's going on Mm -hmm. and how to handle it. So... I became the tampon fairy. I always had tampons, Advil, <laughs> everything, wet wipes, anything anybody needed. They needed a sex ed talk. Come talk to me. I got you. Okay, ladies, you can still get pregnant if he pulls yeah. out. Let me tell you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In like, middle school, you were like this? No, no. That oh. was in high school. In oh, middle okay. school, I was so innocent still. I was they have a, Google now. Yeah, yeah that's I, true. I just had the tampon fairy. <laughs> it, was, it was like sophomore years when I really understood that, and like I started getting like really in depth with the sex ed and like like the way that like women are and like the way we look and that's like I think it's like like some women are pretty like Christmas lights some women are pretty like flowers some women are pretty like paintings like it's all these different types of beauty and you shouldn't compare it and that was my biggest thing too with like bodies and how periods work it's like you're all different you know same kind of idea but like let me just explain it to you so you feel better about yourself. Because it hurts. It hurts mm-hmm. not understanding what's going on. And even if you hear the like the scientific terms, like these hormones are being produced, a lot of estrogen, lots of dopamine, lots of like adrenaline, it's like, okay, but I'm hurting and I don't know why. Right. And during all those changes, you get this attention that you don't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. Like I was like you where I was very tomboyish and I didn't want to wear dresses because right when I would put a dress on, I'd get attention of even just my brothers being like, oh, he's in a dress, or, you know, like, this big scene where it was yeah. like, I just wanted to blend in. Yeah, and it was also, like, it was this constant struggle between, like, wanting to feel good about my body and not. Mm-hmm. I remember one day, like, I took my aunt's old push-up bra and I put it on instead of my actual bra. And I, thought, I just looked at your boobs right now. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, oh. I have really small, I have really small chest. Yeah, you can like, just stare at each other. Like, oh. yeah. like, I have really small chest. Like I've been, I've, I was like, whatever. I'm now. I'm like so used to it because I finally moved in with my mom like a while ago, and mm-hmm. then it was just terrible. That poor woman was so like distraught with her body and the way she looked, and mm-hmm. constantly wearing push-up bras and forcing me to be covered up and having herself so underdressed. She wanted to feel good about herself and that constant comparison between this teenage daughter that she's supposed to have grown up with, but she didn't. Oh. And she was a teenager herself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why don't I look like this anymore kind of thing? And like, no matter what, I would tell her, like, mom, you're beautiful, mom, this and that. Like, she goes, am I skinny? Am I too skinny? Am I fat? Should I lose weight? Should I do this? And the poor woman's already like, has a really bad eating disorder. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to get her to do what she needs to do. So I made it my goal. I'm like, I'm not going to end up like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hate my chest because it's small. I'm not going to hate my hips because they dip in. I, I'm not going to do that because there's just no point in it. It's not something you can change. And even mm-hmm. if you can, why? when are you going to stop? When are you going to stop? When are you going to change? And I feel myself getting negative about my body. I'm just like, but think of all the things it does. Like, yeah, it's absolutely. such a powerhouse yeah. of, I might have wider shoulders and wider hips, but I can <laughs> can carry big boxes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's great. And, like, 
it's like when I put on that push up bra, it was like, oh my god, I'm a woman now, and I get in the car, and it's like, what the fuck is on your chest? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ugh, I would stuff with socks, with toilet paper, anything to make it look filled out because no matter what bra I wore, it always looked too big, <laughs> and I couldn't not wear a bra. And I think the worst thing was was in seventh grade. I just got my period. I still didn't have tits. <laughs> I wasn't wearing a bra. It was the first day of gym class. I went to take off my shirt, and every other girl had a bra, and oh. I didn't know if I was allowed to take off my shirt because did it count as naked or not? Oh. I didn't know what to do. Can I just say, like, just take a little break. Like, I, it's so wonderful how you describe the different beauties and how, like, you you were kind of doing that emotional work for your peers where you're like, your body is your body and you're amazing right? in your own special and unique way and I love you and accept you this way. Like, I, that is so radical. <laughs> especially um, during junior high. Yeah, especially during. such, like, a. Uh, Girl hate girl. No, I I wanted girlfriends so bad. I had a lot of male friends, um, but it was like I've always grown up just kind of loving people, just for the sake of loving people. Mm -hmm. Because what I what Mm -hmm. I have found, especially in my life, and the lack of parents, and the lack of stability, and the lack of kind of everything, everybody really just wants love Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So I would like tell people like if you need someone to love you, like I got you. Like if you need a hug. You need someone to cry on their shoulder. You need someone to mess with your hair, give you some physical, like, attention. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's so important. Like, you realize, like, people need the average of, like, what, five hugs a day? Do they? I don't know. I need, like, ten sometimes. I I call it, you get your skin gets hungry. When you feel like you haven't gotten any attention, you feel like you're Mm -hmm. so, like, not looked at. And, like, I would find that with not even just, like, my female friends, but if I had um, a guy friend that, especially, like, if he was discovering he was going for the other team or mm-hmm. something like that, like, he would just not know how to handle himself. Right. Or even, like, my straight friends, like, they're like, I don't know what to do. And they just wanted some, like, honest, like, just pure, like, attention. Some, right. Someone to care. And that goes all the way until... Oh, yeah. Adulthood. Yeah. 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 I think that, that drives a lot of our actions, I mm-hmm. think. It's just to get people to care about mm-hmm. us, no matter if we act in a positive or a negative way, it really is just like, I'm a human being and I need you to see me as Mm -hmm. I am. And I need you to love me. Yeah. Validation. validation. Yeah. And you're talking about your mom and she's talking about her body and how she's very much like, she needs that external validation, whether it's from me, you or the Mm -hmm. male gaze. Right. Like, I think as women, we praise the male gaze so much because it's like the ultimate validation. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's what we grow up learning. And I think it's so beautiful that you kind of unlearn that in your own way. And you're like, no, you need love. And this is the kind of love that you like. I don't know. You just see people and you see what they need. And that's so wonderful. (laughs) Or or people who just kind of specify, like, I need this kind of love. Yeah. And realizing that. And sometimes they just need someone to listen. They need Mm -hmm. different kinds of attention it's not always physical that's why I always stop and ask like what do you need what can I do to support you in any way mm-hmm. and you know it's funny that you say that because like I think the first time you get cat called is so crazy it's so bizarre like kind of scary too <laughs> absolutely uh, like you being 12 I was walking to school with my, with my skateboard and my three-quarter long sleeve in my jeans and someone will pull up and say how old are you? And I'll tell them. I will cut a fool. I'm, I'm, under, I'm underage. What can I tell you? And they're like, well, when you turn 18. I was like, no, a long time for now. One time I was going to my apartment. And I was walking with my little brother. 
and some big guy he walked up he goes are you a virgin and i was like oh wow. i was like i was like i didn't know how to respond i've never been approached with this question i was like do i lie i was like would that be worse i was like yeah and he goes oh but you're ready huh and i was like i just threw I, up in my mouth i just threw up i was mouth. like you need to go home that's what i need to do he needs to go home oh my gosh and i think like the worst part is like covering my brother's ears trying to get him out of that situation right and i'm like it was so frustrating no it's funny that you bring cat calling up because i think like Growing up, my mind was so, like, messed up. Like, I needed attention. Uh-huh. And it feels so good. Like, and it does. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we talk we talk about calling now and how wrong it is to do it. But it's it was wrong, like, but it I wanted so so somebody to be like, oh, you look so cute today. Or you look so beautiful. Right. And, and that's like, different than saying, I want to fuck you. That's yeah. so different. It's true. Giving, that's like, true. a casual Because I have I've learned, mm-hmm. like, and had to unlearn the difference between a genuine compliment and someone just being grotesque and especially I don't look like I'm 20 I look little that's the thing that's true I look little and like when I like this is I think this is the best thing I can say is someone will come up and since I dyed my hair blue he was like hey blue and I was like okay and he goes you're looking very beautiful today I was wondering if you want to go grab coffee or we could skate and he goes wait a minute how old are you and he, he looked at me, and I was like, he goes, oh, my God, are you under 21? And I looked at him, I was like, I'm under 18. He goes, oh, you need to stay safe. There's weirdos out there. And then he left so quick. <laughs> I, I was like, that is the best thing I've ever had in my entire life. It was so But it's great. like, it's still that, like, as a man, and I want to comment on it, like, there's no, like, yes, you are beautiful. Yes, you look good. Like, that dress looks so good on you. Like, mm-hmm. but... There's no reason for a man to comment on your body. And I think that's, no. like, you still, yeah. like, it, it, you can compliment someone in a respectful way. Yeah, you but look, you still you have today. no that business, like, nice. commenting on mm-hmm. their body. Yeah. Especially so. an underage body. It's, like, the moment they're under 18, it's just don't comment. You don't need to say how great her tits look when you could say, oh, that dress really brings out your eyes. And then move on with your life. Like Yeah. Right. Or nothing at all. Nothing yeah. at all. Like, what... Well, if you feel so, like, you need to say something, say something that's polite. Something you'd be willing to say to your daughter. Yeah, like, or hey, something that's like, the color makes you look strong. Like, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, you look right? great. You look like you know what you're going to do today. Like, yeah. <laughs> Only say something that you would say to another prisoner. That's oh, what wow. I once heard. That's, that's so scary. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite thing to say. I'm like, oh, they're like, how old are you? Old enough to get a felony. <laughs> hey. Bye. 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 Boy, bye. Nice. Boy, bye. It was terrible. Yeah. So can we ask you about how um, having your period was um, in, foster in foster care? Yes. Oh, yeah. my God, it was freaking terrible. I, I hated it. It depends on the foster home that you have, but it's always, like, really frustrating because it's, like, this thing where it's like okay now you have all these tampons in the trash can if you're not allowed to go in the front yard how are you supposed to take them out it's so disgusting it's so Mm. weird or even other girls like with their periods like leaving it in a room and then you get blamed and it's just like that lack of understanding of how to take care of yourself because everybody assumes they know right but they don't and nobody wants to talk about it yep nobody wants to talk about it and for me it was like it just it just felt like gross like and i think the other thing was was if you aren't allowed to access to certain products, like, you have a certain brand of tampons, mm-hmm. a certain brand of pads, like, they always buy what they buy. And it's like, okay, what if I have a heavy flow? What if I, you mm-hmm. know, need a liner sometimes? What if I need to go to Planned Parenthood and I need to get birth control to regulate my period? Mm-hmm. Like, what about these things? Like, do I really have to do all of this by myself? And the answer is, yeah, you do. 
That's that, so scary. I think yeah. that's what sucks was having to skip school, go ask the nurse to write me a pass to Planned Parenthood, go to Planned Parenthood. I got put, put on birth control. It's been like three years just so I won't have to deal with the period anymore. I haven't oh. had one in like three years. It's just because it's just terrifying to mm-hmm. like have to deal with it, the constant like attention it needs. Mm-hmm. And having to have that like initial conversation over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's like... You know, or I think the other thing that pissed me off too is like, are you acting like this because you're on the period? And it's, and what's funny is like, I don't get emotional on my period at all. Like if I'm emotional, there's there's a reason for it. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, some people, their emotions can get out of whack, but is it really their fault? Chemicals in their brain, like things happen. And they're still feeling those feelings. Yeah. It doesn't make those feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And same thing with guys. I say guys also have like kind of. They call it sympathy periods. Menstruation? Yeah, menstruation. Yeah, they do. And, like, I'll notice it, too, with my brothers or even when I had a boyfriend. I'm like, are you okay? You're just acting so weird. Because I don't know. I just have all these feelings. Okay, take a breath. You want some chocolate? What do you need? <laughs> take a hot bag. Yeah, like, practicing mindfulness. Like, um, oh, yeah. like just, you know, being in the moment oh, and, and mm-hmm. feeling your feelings and, and knowing that your feelings are always in flux. Like, they're always mm-hmm. moving and you're never the same person hormonally or... The, the same feelings you had yesterday are not the ones you're going to have today. So, yeah, I think that's so important to recognize bodies are always in flux mm-hmm. and, like, you have emotional needs and your hormones dictate a lot of how you feel. Oh, yeah, they take a lot of, like, it takes a lot out of you. It's a lot of attention. It's a lot mm-hmm. of effort and, like, energy to, you know, be in that state. And, I, like, it affects your mental health so ridiculously because it's, like, especially people with, like, depression or anxiety it's like okay my the chemicals in my brain are already unstable i have this lack of dopamine i have this lack Mm -hmm. of something that's making me feel a certain way but now i have a surge of different chemicals that are going to counteract that and make me feel other ways that i'm not used to it's going to make it worse it's going to make it better and i think what people don't understand is even if you feel really better when you get that spike of dopamine the crash makes it even worse Mm -hmm. it doesn't even feel good you can't really enjoy being happy because right after it's like you felt so good and now it's a bigger drop to feel like that crash yeah it's a crash it's not even like a slow roll down so that's what's hard what do you what do you what would you like like the adults that took care of you to have known like when you were on your period and you were under their care to make it better for you in some way i just wish they weren't so like kind of disgusted by it Mm. Mm -hmm. i know that sounds weird but even the females like even like my female caretakers it was just like no they don't even want to deal with their own problems like their own period is right it's so looked down upon like i don't understand like I understand, like, okay, blood isn't anyone's favorite. I personally faint when I see, like, blood in a needle or something like that mm-hmm. when I draw blood. But it's, like, you know, it's been happening for since humans evolved. So you'd think we'd get used to it. Right. Recently at work, um, we have, like, a, a two-stall bathroom. And in the women's restroom, there was a bit of blood on the toilet seat. And it became this whole big debacle of that's so gross that's who did that somebody need to take care of it and i just calmly got up and i don't know who it was it doesn't matter who it was took a piece of tissue and wipe it up wiped it up i was like and like honestly, you don't need to ha- out anyone yeah, and it happens to the best of us like yes you might not see it like honestly like you go to the bathroom and it's like a bloody mess like it's it's like it's a, a murder scene <laughs> and 
for you to like clean everything up and you might miss something sometimes like yeah. i wish people would have more grace oh, like yeah. hey we yeah. all have our periods like it's okay calm down <laughs> i can't tell you how many times i went in the bathroom my brothers just took a shit and it's everywhere yeah it's like on the smear on the end of the tent you can see they're getting up in a rush people are banging on the door like it's the same thing it's the same thing except you know right one is easier to clean up than the other <laughs> That's so funny. And it's not the shit. <laughs> yeah. So it's like... Because it ha- shit has, like, mm-hmm. gross bacteria that makes you so sick. Yeah. Your menstrual blood is basically You can't even spread clean. diseases. You can't, you can't spread HIV. You can't do that unless you're giving direct, direct contact, which, mm-hmm. you know, how many people have cuts on their ass cheeks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> even then, even I then, don't. you get E. coli regardless on the toilet seat. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, that's a really yeah. good point. Like, not being, not like being grossed out about it because that just kind of tells you, like, you're just gross. Like, mm-hmm. It's like, how am I supposed to deal with this natural function that I have to deal with every month? Yeah, it's right? like going pee. Like, Oh, yeah. And uh, I think the other thing, too, is like, I just wish there was, maybe like, okay, what kind of tampons do you need? Like, it wasn't so cheap. Like, the same thing with, like, cheap razors that you cut yeah. yourself on. Or I had one foster parent. Oh, God forbid. They, <laughs> <sighs> just thinking about the guaranteed thing. They had this thing about you take long in the shower because you shave your legs. And so they made a thing where you could only shave your legs if they went to the gym because the shower is free. And so it got oh, to a point where, like, if they hadn't gone to a gym for a while, I couldn't shave my legs or my armpits. And since, you know, I have to do that mm-hmm. because I feel gross when I don't. If anybody does it's a part of you. Yeah, it's, it's just how I personally mm-hmm. feel about what yeah. I like to do. And I, some guy called me out on it. And it was so embarrassing. And it was terrible. And I went home and I was like, this is your fault. And she, co- she goes, hey, you could have taken a bus to the gym. You know how to get there. This and that. And I'm like, are you serious? Well, why couldn't you go in the bathroom? Why couldn't you be in the bathroom so long? taking too long, long in, in, the, the shower. in the shower. And not even just that, the hair would clog up the shower drain. But even if, even if we had a drain cover, it didn't matter. They just had a little itty-bitty leg hair. Yeah, they're like this long. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to clog up. That's funny as your podcast is. I know. <laughs> this long. It's this, guys, I'm doing this sign right here. Oh, yeah. Um, that one. Great visual for, for whoever's listening. <laughs> That's banana, so like, and I mean, it's the same thing with your period. Like, if you wanted a specific product, buy it yourself. You know, that sucks. So, this might be a dumb question, but okay, as a foster parent, you get a stipend mm-hmm. for your chi- your foster child, oh, right? Yeah. So, you're supposed to use that. So, you get a certain amount of money to cover their needs, and it's not like for specific things, it's just a set amount of money. But here's the thing she would always they always be like oh we don't get enough money it's more it's easier to have money to spend when there's two of you guys because there's more play money like to do stuff like that it mm-hmm. barely covers your needs. i'm pretty sure 900 dollars for one kid and sometimes it's 1500 mm-hmm. 900 1500 dollars like isn't i i don't you know can, you I, can I buy a few say. tampons with that yeah it's yeah. like it was ridiculous I think group homes are much better about it, especially female mm-hmm. group homes. They probably like, have more of, like, yeah. a regulated... Yeah, mm-hmm. they have different stuff. It's, like, they each have their different problems, but... Were you also in a group home? Yes. Okay. It was, and that was pretty insane, too. It was, like, it was so crazy. You get so many females in there. We had one we thought she died, but she was just coming off of meth, oh. and she was asleep for so long. We were being pots and pans. She wouldn't wake up. She was terrible. Crazy girl. I feel so bad for her, but just... Could not keep herself together, but most of the girls are like in and out and like they're they're dirty sometimes, mm-hmm. especially 
if they just come out of juvie, they just come off the streets, it's like, they don't know how to, and I'm, I'm like, oh, honey, no, you can't do that, like, you're, you're hurting yourself, and you don't even know, like, how, like, right. leaving your bloody pads in the trash can in the room, like, that's bad for you, especially mm-hmm. if it's next to your bed, you're gonna breathe that in, you know, like, go throw it away, it's mm-hmm. not that hard, yeah, that kind of stuff, and it's, like, general, like, hygiene, and I feel like mm-hmm. people don't know that, like, they don't know that, like, ovulation's normal, you're gonna have discharge, you know, you should be aware yeah. of what colors it is. Right. Like, that kind of stuff, like, I just barely learned. And it was off of a dumb comic. And I... Did you ever have any kind of, like, sex ed in school? Yeah, but it was more like, the best way to not do anything is be abstinent. Right. It wasn't... And there might be it, some hair. <laughs> I'm like, that's all I remember. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what they're talking about. And, like, the shape and hormones. Talking about how you have babies. They were talking about STDs. You know, different kinds of condoms. And that's about it. But they weren't really talking about, like, specific organs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this isn't females, but my little brother, it was just me and him growing up for a really long time. So if someone said something nasty at school, guess who we would come to ask to explain it to him? Or he goes, what's this white stuff when I pee? And I'm like, oh, honey, that's not white stuff. <laughs> like, I'd have to sit down and explain it to him. And it's like, if somebody else did that at school, I wouldn't have to. Or mm-hmm. I have to explain to him, like, what these things are. And it's frustrating because it's, like, he's, like, 14. He apparently had some girl ask him if he wanted to have sex, and he said no because he wasn't ready. I've never been so proud of him in my life. <laughs> oh, gold star. I freaking love him. Okay, I've been telling him ever since he was little. I was like, you're allowed to say no. You don't do anything unless you feel comfortable about it. Virginity isn't that important unless mm-hmm. you make it important to you. Right. I'll tell him these things. I'm like, but you also need to know about, you know, diseases. You need to know about mm-hmm. these things. You need to know you're supposed to pee after sex. You need, like, mm-hmm. these kind of things. He's, I showed him how to put a condom on a banana the other day. Good poor, job. Poor baby. Uh, he was so, he was all like laughing, telling his friends, I know how to put on a condom, guys. I was like, okay. I feel it's like, like Boy Scouts, you should have like a patch. Oh, every, like for a condom patch? Yeah, like for yeah. I know how to put a condom but on. But it's like, the, the, it's the same thing. Boys don't get that kind of like stuff mm-hmm. either. Or like, just like basic. And they'll be like, oh, you're going to smell. So you need to do this and that. And it's like, okay, cool. Put on deodorant. But you know. There's different things you can eat, do to eat better, and drink more water, and it won't be as bad, and, you know, mm-hmm. these other things, like, how to take care of your face, because acne, getting rid of that, like, that's part of general hygiene, too, for right. females, and, like... And for 34-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and 32-year-olds. I, yeah. I, I hope. I hope it goes away. Uh... No, don't tell me, I'll find out. No, but, like, I mean, I'm listening to you talk, and, like, you're... I'm in awe. No, absolutely. Like, you're so... I don't want to say motherly, but... Nurturing. So empathetic and so nurturing of the people around you. It's like, was there a point in your life that you can think back of where you're like, this is how I want to be? Like, did somebody treat you this way, or, like... Um, The only person I can remember treating me, like, really good is just strangers. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love. That's what I love about this Mm -hmm. world. And, like... As someone who's, like, survived certain attempts and has gotten past self-harm and these things, I, like, really... I always call it banks. We all have banks of love that we fill up. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, like, when I was little, I had a grandma that took care of me for the longest time, and then she died, and she gave me a bank of love. Mm-hmm. And when I felt like it was running out, like, I could feel it. I could feel that drain. I could feel myself, you know, feeling some type of way. And then I met my other grandma, and she filled it up, too. 
And then I'd meet strangers who they'd see my scars and they'd give me a hug and they'd tell me they're proud of me and these random people and they kind of, they fill it up too. Mm -hmm. And like what I found was what really makes me happy in life is making other people happy because, you know, not everybody can get it. And if I can't get it, can I give it to somebody else? Mm -hmm. And it, for me, it was hard because I was really socially awkward. I didn't know how to act. I thought being bitchy was cute. Like... Mm -hmm. Be treating people bad was like how you're supposed to act because I'd see these girls, oh, I'm a bitch and I love it. And I'm like, okay, is that supposed to No, act? I think that's like a natural thing of growing up because yeah. I remember like I would you see, would like, I would see somebody being sarcastic mm-hmm. and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be sarcastic because that person, like, people like it when people are sarcastic. You get attention. Or like I would see people, you know, someone doing something, be like, oh, I'm going to do or that. Like, you're just like yeah. trying to grasp mm-hmm. at like what what your identity mm-hmm. is and who you are. And I'm sure it's a lot harder when you don't have that stable oh, yeah. environment. And that's crazy because it's like, oh, am I a slut? Am I a whole? Like, mm-hmm. those are things that you do too. And it's like, these are ways that you reach out too. And it's like, okay, am I a bitch? Or, and then I'm like, okay, nobody likes that. And I'm like, I don't even like that. Because I would look at other people and how they treat me. I was like, okay. So every year I'd sit down. I'm like, what am I going to do different this year? Mm-hmm. How am I going to treat people differently? How am I going to act that's different? How am I going to make myself better so I feel better about who I am? Because at the end of the night, like, I'm going home to my own thoughts. So if being a bitch is going to hurt me, why am I doing it? So that's why I'd stop and I'm like, what can I do to improve? So I would just start kind of giving more, giving more, giving more. And then I had this whole posse of people kind of just kept taking. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is okay. I'm okay with this. And then it was crazy because the one day I was sad, I had this like army of supporters. And I'm like, I don't even know how this happened. And like, Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize how important like I had become in these people's lives until senior year of high school when I got crowned prom queen. Hey! Oh, yeah. Congratulations. I, I mean, you weird. lead with that. Um, you're like, you start a conversation with oh, that. You're like, I was prom queen. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, like, everybody was so proud of me. Like, they were like, you know what? We saw you come from, like, a really low place freshman year. You know, you did-it-yourself haircut because your friend died. You just chopped off my hair. And I kind of grew up, I gained some weight, I was healthier, I was helping people more, I was being a better person. And, you know, when I graduated, I got my inbox full, I had all these freshmen waiting for me when I was walking out, I had all these people, and then I had this one girl come up and she hugged me and she was crying. I was like, what's wrong? And she goes like, the only person ever noticed me. Oh my God. And I started oh crying, and I was like, I'm done, I can't. Because she was so shy, and she was in my Spanish class, and, like, I would make it my goal to pay attention to her specifically. Like, every time I'd meet a... Every time I'd go into a class, I'm like, who am I going to bother today? Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what was my joke. I was like, oh, I want to be your friend. You don't have a choice. And so I'd sit next to them, and I'd talk to them, and then one day I noticed some scars on her wrist, and I was like, oh, honey, no. And so I made it my definite goal is I'm going to take care of this girl. I don't know who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna make sure she's okay because I know what it's like. It's it's written all over me. Like I can't get rid of it. Right. I'm, I'm never gonna be able to. It's my fo- my whole forearms, my thighs, like my hips. It's like I'm never getting rid of them. So can I at least turn them into something positive? Your tiger stripes. Ah, I'm getting tattoos. Actually, <laughs> that I'm gonna put over nice. one of them. Is you earned stripes. your stripes. <laughs> so like when I found that out, like it was kind of discovering who I was gonna be, which was pretty crazy. And that's when I was like. I want to be this person that, you know, loves people. And if I can love other people, fuck, I can love myself. That, that, that was the biggest... <laughs> oh, that yeah. was the that biggest, hit me right in the field. That was the biggest joke I would ever make 
like to people like mm-hmm. I would be like if I don't like you you're seriously doing something wrong in life because I love everyone <laughs> and that's when I would sit down and say like to my therapist like it's so hard and she goes what's hard I'm like I make relationships with difficult people because I know what it's like to be difficult and I refuse to give up but it hurts me too because they are difficult mm-hmm. but those people they freaking love you for it and I love other people for it because I know I'm a difficult person to love too mm-hmm. I have emotional instability I have these things like I have these deep-rooted issues and these traumas, but so does the entire world, I found. Mm -hmm. So if I can love a difficult person, I can love myself because I'm just as difficult, you know? Yeah. And at the end of the day, I'm dealing with my issues way more than anybody else's. So if I can take on five people's issues, I can take on a couple of my own. So that was pretty crazy. I wasn't ready for this. I know. I'm just like... (laughs) I've always considered myself extremely selfish and... Like, woe is me. Like, all these things have happened to me. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, like, the cap- the capacity to love is there. You it's just need to tap it. into mm-hmm. it. And I, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Like, you're just so wonderful. Can I make you feel better about that? Yeah. I want you so bad. Okay, so the whole thing about that is it's crazy is it's okay to be selfish. And that's what I tell mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. It's so okay to be selfish. You need to do something for yourself. You need to cut people off. You need to not talk to your mom for a day. Dude, do what you have to do because, you know, how are you going to help anybody else when you can't help yourself? And it's like, it's okay to focus on your own needs. And it's okay to feel bad for yourself because you can't say that other people have it worse. So you can't feel bad about what you think. People Mm -hmm. deal with things differently. Mm -hmm. People experience pain differently. Someone who's grown up through foster care could go through rape and divorce and, you know, abusive relationships. A person could just see someone get shot and just fall apart completely and I've seen that I've mm-hmm. seen these and especially mm-hmm. people that I've like, had friends that come from like good families and stuff and they'd feel so terrible and it would make them feel worse for feeling guilty about feeling sad it's like saying mm-hmm. you can't be happy because someone else has it better it's ridiculous mm-hmm. like yeah. everybody has reason to feel sad and there's nothing wrong because you can go down the list of it could be worse no matter what mm-hmm. like at the end of the day what's the very very worst thing you can't think of it because it can always get worse it can always be more. You can always add more onto your plate. But it's what your plate that you have right now that you need to finish before you take on another one. Before you start cooking a meal. You need to realize what you're experiencing. Yeah. So that was my thing too is where I was always like, well, my life fucking sucks. Everybody is out to get me. What was me? I'm going to play mm-hmm. the victim. And that's my fault. And I always had my head stuck in this like fairy tale kind of book thing where I'm the main character, you know, these kinds of things, I need to validate my existence somehow, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it through, you know, my trauma, I'm going to do it through this, I'm going to do it through that, but that's just negative coping skills, because you're taking all the bad to make it who you are, and you can't create identities off of these things, you oh have my to, gosh. you have to create an identity <laughs> out of who you are, and like, take, I'm 32, and I just like, I am now just realizing that, like, all of right. the bad that I've taken in, and I'm trying to be someone good out of it, is not possible, no. like, it's so, like, I just, can I just touch you? Like, <laughs> that's so amazing. Just like spirit the, I know, just the fact that you're so self-aware and like. Oh um, yeah, that's that was my biggest thing. I'm so dearly blessed about that because I'm very self-aware and like I'm really like observant too. Mm-hmm. Like I love like people watching. I love trying to figure out different like traits and tics and the way that people move and body language. And that's really how I just lived my entire life. Is figure out what I do and how I do it and I've just had so much alone time to kind of sit and reflect and like I do a lot of poetry so I use a lot of adjectives I find ways to describe and I write so much my feelings and so I'd go back and read and I 
rip it apart the same way I would a book or a mm-hmm. paper for an essay. Like, you have to break things down. Mm-hmm. And you have to break yourself down so that you can find these core elements of who you are and branch off of them into something that can be a better story being written. You don't have to be a short story. You don't have to be a sentence. You can be so much more. You don't have to be a short story. You don't have to be a sentence. You can oh be so gosh. much more. I just, like, I have been going through just kind of discovering who I am and who I want to be and what do I want to do. Not what do I want to do in life, but just, like, really the core of who I am. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, you really have to sit with who you are in the now to find out who you are and who you want to be. And just, like, your emotional maturity, your empathy, your love and your kindness, I'm just, I, I'm speechless. I'm like, in awe. I'm uh, in yeah, awe. absolutely. <laughs> and it inspires me to continue to do this because... Like I was telling you before, I would take the childhood trauma that I had and be like, oh, woe is me, or like, you know, nobody cares about me, and this all this happened to me, and like, that negativeness, you know, was who I was for a really long time, and I felt lost, I felt like I didn't know my place in life, and then it wasn't until recently that I was like, allowing myself to open up and and be like, this doesn't have to be this way. Mm -hmm. Um, All these bad things, it happened to me, um, but it doesn't define who I am now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and so, are so yeah, <laughs> I've been having epiphanies for like the past seven months, it's and I'm like, awful. oh, wow. Like, the more you talk to other people, and the more you teach them, and the more you mm-hmm. speak, because I feel like, like, as a teacher, like, you're saying what you have already discovered, but when you're saying it out loud, you take more off of it, and you keep branching it out, and you keep building off of what you're saying and digging deeper into your mindset and that's what I've been doing this whole time when I talk to people about my experiences and who they are and breaking these things down and I don't know if it's my love for psychology or philosophy that's doing it to me but like it's just this great thing where you know when you teach people you can take from them and take from yourself mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. it's it's really great and like I feel like people forget how important they are to themselves when they see other people like me like I know some stuff. I'm super jealous. Like, I'm such a jealous type. Like, especially when I was younger, I'd see a little girl with her dad, and I'd get so angry. Mm-hmm. Like, inevitably angry. Just, how dare she? Like, have... No, I get... I was the same way. I'm like, she? how like, does this person have a better life than I... Or yeah. have what I want. Yeah. Or how what I think I want. How dare yeah. you be beautiful? How you dare how you have people love you? And then that's when I, like, really discovered, like, feminism and stuff, where it's like it was the same way with no matter what gender what anybody what mm-hmm. race it was like how dare they just be happier than me and that's when I discovered you know everyone deserves to be happy mm-hmm. like including myself and everyone's happy looks different yeah it is it's so different mm-hmm. like that's like everybody they just do everything different we're mm-hmm. not all the same nobody can say that nobody's ever the same but we all have the same minds we, we all have shared human experiences yeah. but mm-hmm. we all Obviously, our brains are different, mm-hmm. and we all cope through it and go through it in different ways. Absolutely, just like periods. Everybody has periods. Yes, but they're all different. They're all different. They're all different. And that's why there's not one right way. Yeah, they handle it all different. You experience your period different. You get different emotions. What is the biggest thing you think that your period has not taught you about you or about the world, or just like the biggest lesson from your period that you? The biggest lesson. <laughs> I just imagined it like a little cartoon, like I know, teaching what, class. Like, like a Jimmy Cricket, but like an ovary. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be a cute yeah, mascot for you guys. Ovary Cricket. Or like just like a whole uterus. Like, yeah, like a hey, uterus. Hey, I'm here. Where? 
You one, doing all right? One side is good and the other side is Yes! Bad. That could be your guys' like clip art for I'll, your podcast. I'll start cross-stitching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the good ovary. I'm the bad ovary. <laughs> oh, dang. I think we found our Halloween it's, costume. It's going to be like a Twix thing where you got to pick the left or the right side. <laughs> You're like, they're the, the same. No, I think a, I think like the right ovary is more fertile. There are some Isn't studies it? have been done. Okay, so yeah. you make it good or bad? Good. So, like, if you Good, um, unless you don't want to get pregnant, then yes, yeah. yes. So, so that's why I said it's the right or the left twigs. <laughs> yeah. So depending on where you are in your situation, if you want to get pregnant or not, is it like stage right or is it like <laughs> right? I think it's anatomically right. Right? No. I okay. No I don't know. <laughs> Someone needs to Google this. What? I'm sorry. Did you say what the lesson? No. I okay. Didn't no. We we're just messing around. That. Okay. We're just messing around. <laughs> the biggest lesson for my period was, I guess, it was discovering to be okay with yourself no matter what's happening. And it was this idea where, you know, my body is so important. Like, I didn't realize how, like, important it was. And then it was after I started really, like, caring and loving about people. Like, I would sit down and I would talk about my brother. And I'm like, I can't imagine loving anything more. And then I would sit and realize, like, when I have a baby, mm-hmm. if I have a baby, if that ever happens... This period that's kind of preventing that at the moment, which is great for now, but older, like, it's going to stop, and I'm going to create this thing inside me that's going to carry on my ideas and my thoughts and become a whole new generation, a whole new life, a whole new something that no one else can really create, no matter who you are. Anyone can create a child, but only you can create this person that's going to go out into the world and it's going to make something more Mm -hmm. of who you are. It's going to be its own person. It's, it's going to be so amazing, so beautiful in every way possible. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like this potential that can be anything, anything it wants to be. It wants to be a plumber, be a plumber, baby, I don't care. You want to be a doctor, be a doctor. You want to be president, be president. It's so much, and I have that power. That's yeah. my power. Oh, my goodness. I know. It is your power. And once you realize your power, like, yeah. there's and no way that it can be taken away. And that's when I realized, like... Or made to feel wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's everyone's power. Like, for me, children are the most important thing in the world. Like, male influence, female influence. It takes two to make a child. Um, like, that's just how it works. He's creating something, too. He's going to create something just as powerful. And his input is going to affect it just as much of it. Or even his, his not input. My Me not being there would affect it the same way. My mm-hmm. parents weren't there either. But the little times I interacted with them, the different parental figures I found in the world different strangers they all affected me and it's going to be the same way for this power that me and him have created to bring Mm -hmm. on new life Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's what i learned was that the future the future is with us we have that power absolutely to create change to create something better it doesn't have to all end right here the world doesn't have to be as terrible as we think it is Mm -hmm. everything could be better that i thought the world was terrible until i met that stranger who decided hey let me buy your prom heels i hope you become prom queen let me let me give you a hug. Let me tell you you're proud of you. Let me tell you your hair is beautiful. Let mm-hmm. me these people that you meet doesn't matter who, and you know you have that power. So and just mm-hmm. acts of kindness, mm-hmm. right? So people have so the power, and that's what I like. Kindness. Yay! I'm just.
just in shock. My friend's gonna love this. He's gonna be screaming. He wants to listen in. That's why I was asking if it was live. And when he was all excited, he goes, he goes, I don't care what's about my best friend's in it. Oh. And I was like, okay, babe, okay. That's like, that's the best friend. Right yeah, there. for sure. Yeah. He, he's like, I'll sit and listen about periods all day. I'm, oh. actually, I'm going over to his house tomorrow. He's gonna talk about period and stuff. I'm gonna bother him. It's gonna be funny. Yeah. Well, he was the he was the friend that you were yes. around right when you yes. first got your period. Yeah, that oh, was him. That's awesome. It was fun. I don't think I I have such negative experience like around men and periods. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah. I was I don't know. I was pretty young. I think I'd like been menstruating for like three years. So I was like maybe 15, 14. And I was wearing khaki pants and I had my period. And we were at some, like, church function. And, of course, inevitably, because I don't know my flow. I don't know what product to use. Mm-hmm. I would have a leak, right? And so this man came up to me and he said, you have blood on your pants from your period. And I was just, like, wanted to die to, for the earth to open up and swallow me whole. Oh. And just, like, never see anybody in my life again. So I'm in the bathroom, take off my pants. I'm like, can I wash these? Is there, like, one of those dryers that, like... Oh, yeah. Um blows out like this all this air i was uh, a sweatshirt around oh uh, yep. no it was like so hot it was a summer i don't think anybody had a sweatshirt so I, I think i think what i'm trying to say is like male influence is needed oh, yeah. as well like so like this both. period is ours yeah this period is ours because mm-hmm. we experience it as women or as menstruators um but it's also equally important that our brothers or husbands or friends or you know, understand, like, the magic that we hold. Like, just like we understand it, they need to understand it, mm-hmm. too, and, like, support us in that and way. And that they have their own magic that they hold, too. And it goes mm-hmm. both ways, so right. we can support each other. Yeah, that it's absolutely. okay to talk about. Yeah. I think that was the oh, biggest yeah. thing for I, me. I was... totally desensitized all my brothers to that. I would just right. throw tampons and stuff at them. <laughs> I'm like, I'm on my period. My older brother would bring me Chinese food. Uh, I'm just like, okay. Oh, I want Chinese food now. Oh, oh my God, this more. Let's more. I'm um, on breakfast me. Chinese. Breakfast Chinese. <laughs> like, you make little, like, pancakes from the noodles, like, for breakfast. Oh, sounds oh, good. Ooh. And then an egg on top. Oh, Okay. I love egg on tops of everything. All right, this is a foodie channel. <laughs> <laughs> um, what to eat when you're menstruating? Yeah, every good one. Ramen right. uh, or like chow mein. They pancakes. say you're not supposed to have milk. You're not supposed to have anything heavy. My biggest thing for period cravings is eat watermelon. Ooh, Ooh it's really, that's a good craving. That's that's just what I say. Like if it's in season, mm-hmm. eat watermelon or eat blueberries or carrots. Those are the best things. Like carrots with ranch, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Ranch is fattening. I don't care. <laughs> but especially watermelon has so many antioxidants. It's good to help fight acne, which is great when you're on your period. It hydrates you. Mm-hmm. It you know it's a really good sugar that's easy. It's easier to break down than like processed sugar. Same thing with blueberries. They both have really like good properties when it comes to your skin. Mm-hmm. A lot of omega e. Omega threes. Omega threes. Yeah, those kind of things. That's always what I say. That's awesome. I just indulge. Yeah. You know, I'm I just don't. like. I indulge every other day. So Do I you? Indulge <laughs> during that time. Yeah. I just like I I kind of approach um, eating and then periods with like this like I'm gonna honor what my body's telling me and yeah. so like I've never had if a I'm feeling like 
I've never had cramps. I've never had a craving. If I'm feeling like I want a cheeseburger, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so I need fat in my body because fat, you know, carries hormones from here to there. And it's <laughs> so important. So yeah. So I'm like, okay, body. what kind of fat can I have that's like, okay, I'll have an avocado or like, Ooh, I'll have. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And like dark chocolate because it has all these things like that are really good for you. And I don't, you know, can't list at the top of my head. But yeah. no, just like really honoring your body in those ways and not. It helps with sort of cardiovascular fit. disease because of dark chocolate. That's what it does. Oh, okay, and then yeah. I start eating a whole bar every right. day. Same thing with, um, like, as they say, like, a small cup of red wine is supposed to help you with heart problems, like, for dinner. Like, that's what they you say. No, they keep saying that. So, like, they, they said it did, and, and then they, they took did it, away. it, and then they said it did, and then it yeah. did it, and then now it still does. I think they're drunk. So, <laughs> they're probably so I try it every on. other day, and then it will work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you guys get cramps? I do. So I was on birth control for many, many years where I could just skip periods. And just these past couple months, I stopped taking birth control. And I was always like, oh, my periods are just like... Because when I would, Mm -hmm. while I was on birth control every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, I want to try my period out, you know, just for... (laughs) Shits and giggles, apparently. Yeah, I'm not like that. And it was like, <laughs> and it was like two days, and it was super light. So I was like, oh, that's just my natural flow. Well, guess what? It's not. <laughs> and like all what? of this, like endometrium lining, is like, like it was ready to come like, out. Pow! I only get my period when I'm stressed, and when it, really? it's like title is I don't even leave the bathroom I'm like there's no point it's gonna fill up right when I walk out the door well and like it's crazy the flow the flow was more than previously but like just the hormonal differences and back pain I get back cramps which I was for I for sure no I get it my back will hurt a specific way like right before my period starts yes so like right right in the middle of like my lower, lower back yep. there's like this like, like by your abdomen right probably my oh, like yeah. right by my lower abdomen yeah and so like if I'll like if I bend down mm-hmm. and then go back up like I feel it and I'm like oh yeah my period's gonna start I, soon I was sure that we needed a new mattress even though we had a new mattress or that I was like <laughs> doing something different or that my chair at work I was giving myself ergonomic evaluations and <laughs> no I was just menstruating hard so. For a long time, I'd never experienced that. But now my body's like, guess who's back, bitches? <laughs> Kicking down the door with right? the I had cramps once. And I feel like, I always joke around, I say, I got enough cramps for my entire life. Because I was sitting down in seventh grade, and I clutched the table, and I, was, I fell out of my chair. Because it was just this crazy rush of pain that felt like, <sighs> like a thousand knives stabbing me. And it hurt so bad, and it only lasted for a couple minutes. And I looked so dumb when I got up. <laughs> I look so stupid. <laughs> and so, never happened again. It, I get sore. I feel like that's what happened when I ovulate. Mm-hmm. It's so sore and painful. I think that's what sucks. For sure. And my boobs get sore. And realizing that we go through all these changes is, is such a pivotal time. Oh, yeah. Where it's like we don't want any of that attention, yeah. right? Where we're gripping the table or boobs are so sore we you know yeah, we don't want to run the mile in eight in like pe yeah so you're on your period yeah, yeah. but you i was always make the last un- kid running you gotta the mile. make it under like, the 10 minutes right <laughs> can you believe it would run the mile under like 10 12 minutes and then go back to class like nothing i think the fastest i ever ran it was like 12 minutes so really? yeah oh, was I, like, I wasn't even really trying mine was like seven minutes I oh think. my gosh you're Holy you're an athlete God. no i'm not that was a one-time thing I was, it was to get extra credit i got my straight a's that's all i needed 
I was. I'm pretty sure I'm I was run the kid this day. I couldn't breathe. I was the kid who faked the like. Oh, my my leg cramped. I can't run. You know, I never used my period to get out of the PE. Oh, yeah. And now I regret mm-hmm. it. Now I'm just like, I, oh, I never did that either. I should have used my period again. I, I feel like it was too serious to take advantage of for me. I, I feel like, like if I brought it up at work, I would yell at a lot of places. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would yell at the teachers because the girls would uh, get up with their backpacks and they're like, you can't take your backpack. And then they just look around the room frantically. And they're like, what's that in your hand? What are you taking in the bathroom? And uh, I would look at them and I'm like, you as a female should know better than to say that out loud in front of the entire <sighs> class. And she would just look at me. She's like, get out. And I'm like, for being right? She goes, okay, sit down. <laughs> I would get so mad. So it, would, it would piss me off. Like, I would get so angry. I'm like, leave that girl alone. <laughs> Do you feel like teachers just, like, treat you like you're dumb? Because you're not. Like, when you were, you were in high school. Oh, like, me? No, yeah. never. Never. I would not let them. I'd get so pissed off. I would be so... Mm-hmm. It would make me so angry. I hate being talked down to. Like, that's why I tell my little brother. He's like... How can people treat you different? I'm like, because I don't let them talk down to me. You should do the same. You need to, like, respect yourself more. Demand the respect. Demand the respect. Because, you know, like, I was never that kind of girl that would like to play dumb. Just mm-hmm. because, like, for me, it's like, I don't want people thinking they can take advantage of me. Mm-hmm. Because it's really easy to. So if I let people in like that, then it's just opening up for trouble. Like, you know. Yeah, but, no, yeah. those boundaries that you have are so important. Yeah. So, so good for, like, mm-hmm. your age. Yeah, I, I <laughs> never, never was talked down to. And I think the other thing, too, was I either kept to myself or had a good relationship with the teacher. Mm-hmm. There was one teacher, oh, Mr. Mueller. I freaking hate him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate Mr. Mueller. He made me cry so bad. I, what happened? I was having, I was in between houses. Um, It was hard staying back at the office like, I wasn't even staying, like, in a home. I was staying at the office, the Ugh. social work office. Mm-hmm. I was just so tired of class. I had Algebra 2 at 8 in the morning with this grumpy teacher that talked like this and never changed his voice even when he was yelling at me. <laughs> and it was so boring, and I hated it. And I didn't understand what damn word he was saying. <laughs> and I just come in and put my head down. Come in, put my head down. I still did the homework. I got it done. I worked my mm-hmm. ass off after school, but I just needed to sleep. I felt like I couldn't get enough sleep. Like, mm-hmm. as a foster kid, mm-hmm. no matter what, the girls would be fighting in the group homes. My parents would be fighting with each other. Always just loud. Every time loud. So I couldn't sleep. And I kept putting my head down. I kept putting my head down. And then one day, I went and I sat down next to somebody. Because I, I just needed to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I don't know what you think you're doing or what you're getting away with. Go sit down your seat. I was like, okay, whatever. Just thinking that you're up to no good. Yeah, thinking that I'm up to no good. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I go and sit down on my seat, put my head down. He comes over, he starts screaming at me. He's like, you don't do anything in this class. You come in every day, you put your head down, this and that. And he's like, you don't even know what you're talking about when you're trying to answer this and that. He just kept screaming at me. I just looked at him and I started crying. Oh. I, I, I can't even hold it in anymore. And then I, I got up and he goes, do you want to talk outside? I'm like, no, I want you to leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And I got up. He goes, where do you think you're going? I said, I'm leaving. He goes, no, you're not. I said, watch me. And I walked out the door. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I don't deserve to be treated like yeah. that. So do teachers not know, like, who's in foster care? I tell or, them. Like, no, I tell uh, them. I tell them straight up. Sometimes kids don't want the teachers to know and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it was frustrating because, so my my biological mom, she has schizophrenia. She has a lot of issues. So she has this weird, she takes whatever has happened to her when she was little and projects it onto me. So if she was raped, she thinks I'm being raped mm-hmm. consistently. Mm-hmm. So she thought I was being sex trafficked. She still does. I don't know where she's at, but she thinks I'm being sex trafficked and that I'm pregnant and I'm letting other females get raped. And she'll mm-hmm. text me all angry saying, like, why do you do these things? And I'm like, Mom, 
I'm not. It's okay, though. You don't understand. <laughs> and so one time she made a report saying that... I don't know if I can say it on here. Do you, I mean, whatever you're yeah. comfortable okay. with. Yeah. She said that I was gangbanged or whatever when I was, like, seven. Because it was, like, in 2011. And I was, like, okay, I was born, like, 2001. So I don't know how that works. Or 11 or mm-hmm. something. I was, like, okay, whatever. And the guy who's interviewing me, I guess he had no idea what he was doing. He said it, like, the same way. He'd be like, did you get a card blue? Did you get gangbanged in 2011? <gasps> I got so infuriated. Because I was ready for the, do you have lies? Does anybody hit kind of question. Right. I was not ready for that storm to bring up so much stuff. And it was even frustrating because it was just an outrageous thing to say. And so I cussed him out. I slammed the door. I ran out. And some teachers heard about it. And so they started talking to other teachers saying that I was pregnant and stuff, and then the kids got a hold of oh it, and then ruined my life school that I got pregnant by my stepdad. What? Absolutely ruined my life. I had to switch schools. I can't Was imagine. this in, uh, like, middle school or high school? That was in high school. I came back to school, the same school. It dissipated, thank God. That's good. But it was terrible. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, like, that insensitivity from the adults, like... They, I, they just like to talk, and, like, they don't realize... And then, like, I know a lot of teachers have good relationships with students. They'll just tell them stuff. And, like, I understand that. But I feel like there's a difference between, like, oh, those two are going to fight after school. And this girl has some deep-rooted trauma that I'm going to tell you about. Like, they don't mm-hmm. know if it happened or not. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, mm-hmm. it just seems so odd to talk about, you know? Like, it's sure. so personal. Yeah. And <sighs> that's not normal. That doesn't happen all the time. Like, it's not, like, I, I don't see that teachers look down on foster kids or especially good ones I feel like they want you to succeed really bad but I think what people forget is that you have to want it too because you can't make your teacher go to work and what I see with kids a lot is that they get you know disappointed and they just want everyone to do their work for them they're mm-hmm. like oh poor pity me well that's not gonna happen you have right. to you have to want it too and what I found with teachers is if you show effort they're gonna do whatever they can to help you pass mm-hmm. well you're kind of different though I mean because like even though you're in foster care, yeah, I strive so hard. Housing, yeah, you were like, mm-hmm. I, I I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like stuck, stuck to oh, me. Put like sorry. a, no, it's like okay. A, a towel. Oh, he's so bad. I've been oh, no, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I take everyone home with me. Yeah, me too. And like, I wish I did stay longer to do, to actually be someone who actually cared and did hard work. Um, when I was there, I would go to my supervisor and I'd like ugly cry in her office about, you know, just feelings in general. And she would keep telling me, um, it'll get easier. It'll get easier. And I wanted to just scream at her and be like, I don't want it to get easier. Like, you want to feel this way every time. yeah, Yeah. Because it's makes me so angry that there isn't more that we can do and that I don't want this to be just another Tuesday. So I moved on, but... I think that's hard, too. I think I, I left part of my heart there for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I think that's hard, too, because, like I said, with the kids not wanting to, like, be better, they mm-hmm. want to stay in their old habits, they want to do drugs, they want to go do these things. Right. And you can only... You can't help them enough for the books of you. Mm-hmm. You can't help them on their part, too. And yeah. that's what I found out with, like, my older brother and my little brother, too. There's, they were just these giant balls of rage. And no matter how much love and support and I'll help you, 
you put into them, mm-hmm. they're going to do whatever they're going to do. Thankfully, they pulled themselves out of it. Right. But it was like... And I feel like it was other people's input, too. It's not always you. They need it from a specific... Somebody out there knows and can pull them out of it and or give them that realization, but I think it's hard because you always kind of want it to be you. Yeah, you... Yeah, you want to help them. You want to make it better. You, you want to be kind of the hero that comes in and makes everything all right and... Be validated and important. Absolutely. But comes from within. Yeah. Oh, so many feelings. I know. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Talking about what? like the story gets easier every time. Sometimes like your story. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'll cry. It's mm-hmm. it's very rare that I'll cry. Most of the time I don't. Most of the time other people cry. I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> like I feel bad. I just think it's funny because I was like, yeah. I was like, that was me when it happened. <laughs> but it's kind of funny. But no, I don't really cry anymore about it. Like I'll get teary eyed or whatever, but. Like, I just don't cry anymore. Right. I, I like. I feel like every time I talk about it, it's like cathartic. It's very mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like it almost like just gives you yeah an extra muscle. You yeah, are. makes you feel better about mm-hmm. it. It's like okay, it's happened, but it's over. It's so over. I can make it a story. It's something that happened to you, and that you now get to mm-hmm. tell it. You know, oh, yeah. you you get to own it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't own you. Yeah. Right. It can be. It I'm can be said. It, I'm holding it like a sword instead of like yes. armor. It's not weighing me down. Mm-hmm. It's just I get yes. to use it to protect myself. I mean, how like smart is she? Like, you're just so. I can't handle uh, this right I now. No. Going for an English degree. I keep telling them no. What are you going for? Nutrition. Nice. Oh yeah, we talked about this when you were putting yeah. the doggies away. Sorry, and I was. Yeah. <laughs> quietly trying to tame my beasts. <laughs> yeah. With your sword. <laughs> <laughs> It's my mom's stairs. <laughs> my eye daggers of no barking. There's a lot of finger pointing. Well, we're super... I, I, well, I am. Um, yeah, I have I'm no words right now. super happy for you, Sable. And we know you're going to go so far. And oh. you have allies in us. And if you ever need yes, anything, like absolutely. we're here for you. And we've been through college. We understand what it's like. Um... And you know we're kind of available for dog sitting. I'm CPS certified for the kids. <gasps> yeah. Oh hey! <laughs> Holy moly! Are you free on Friday? <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah. So like, just um. Well, I first of all, I just want to thank you for for your your story for sharing that feeling comfortable sharing it with us, talking about your period and how your period has affected your life and sharing a little bit about um your journey with it. Um, just, I mean, I know I don't really know you that well. Oh, you do now? Um, you I know do now, yeah. Me. I don't know you guys at all. You guys know far more about me than... And so I was born on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> oh, my God. Please don't go back that far. But just, you know, honestly, like... It's better than the conception. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It could be worse. Nine months before that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, it was a very dusty Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> My parents were bored and they just started going at it. <laughs> the rain kept them in. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just know that, you, like you said, you love people and you want to be friends with everyone. Like, you, we, I feel like we could be friends and could be here for you when you're stuck in college or you're having trouble with a class or yeah, you need to register yeah. or you don't know what's going on with your financial aid or navigating those things that 
Um, a lot of the time you need a parent for or a mentor or someone that has gone through it or someone to help you. But I mean, anything that I can do or we can do absolutely to help you in any way. Like we just, we're so happy for you. We're so happy you exist. Like this has been a delight. Um, and just, I don't know. Like, it just feels so good. 